Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. You are listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and training camp day two is here as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 256. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with both Ben Fennell and Chris McPherson once again to break down day two action here from the NovaCare Complex at training camp. Just a quick refresher, I'm going to be doing the daily recaps of practice right here on the podcast, but... Also, be sure to check out a couple other pieces of content as well that I will be a part of every single day. We've got our practice notes with myself and Dave Spadaro, the Eagles insider. That is every day an article with some of our biggest takeaways, some of which we will cover here on the show, obviously, but others that we won't. So you want to make sure you go read that piece every day over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com or the Eagles mobile app. And then secondly... Dave and I will also be doing a live stream from practice every day, 10.30 Eastern time, over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app as well. So uh, all the social platforms will have that stream. So wherever you listen, you pull in Eagles content, you should be able to find that live stream. Make sure you go check that out every single day that there's practice. Again, 10.30 Eastern time, wherever your Eagles content is found. So we are covering you from start to finish every single day here at training camp, but what happened today at practice? It's time now. Let's welcome in Chris McPherson, Ben Fennell. It's time to dive now into our chat in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, guys. Well, the second day of practice in the books down at the NovaCare Complex. I'm excited to uh, talk about it here with you guys. Chris McPherson, Ben Fennell joining once again here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Guys, look, it was a, a fun day of practice. It was the, Yesterday was a 10-10-10, so a little bit more like methodical in terms of the pacing and everything. It was still a good practice, but today was like we had one-on-ones, we had full team periods. It was, just, it was a, a full training camp practice today, so uh, a lot that we can kind of dig into. I guess the very top, before we get started into what happened in practice, I'll kind of take us through some of the personnel things and like depth chart stuff that came off of that. And then C-Mac, I'd love to go to you for some reactions to Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator spoke first thing this morning. So I'll just start things off really quickly. No Jason Kelsey, no Malik Jackson, no Deshaun Jackson today, all scheduled days off. Now we did see the return of linebacker Duke Riley. We did see the return of Jason Peters as well. So here's what the offensive line uh, looked like. You had Andre Dillard at left tackle. With Jason Kelsey out of the lineup, Isaac Sayamalu, the left guard, slid into center. That forced Matt Pryor in at left guard. Jason Peters at right guard, although he was spelled very often by Nate Herbig, the second-year offensive lineman. So Herbig uh, continuing that experience, that versatility at right guard. He was the backup center last year. And then you've got Lane Johnson at right tackle. So some musical chairs and guys showing off the versatility a little bit uh, along the offensive line, which is very, very important with Malik Jackson out of the lineup. Hassan Ridgeway did get the quote-unquote start uh, next to Fletcher Cox. So those were the big ones uh, with Deshaun Jackson out. And then obviously uh, no J.J. Ortega-Whiteside still. He's uh, still day-to-day with his injury. So you've got Jalen Rager on the outside. You had Greg Ward who slid from the slot to the outside. And then Deontay Burnett slid into the slot. So I think that's all the depth chart stuff that I noticed. And C-Mac, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, 
you know, it seemed like most, pretty much everything, but uh, you were so, but you were so casual at, at the start about, about the no Jason Kelsey, no Deshaun. It, it, it's like, you know, I could see fans being like, what's going on here? So I was glad you got to the rest day. You know, uh, it's yeah. funny, actually, Brandon Graham was asked during his uh, video teleconference this afternoon about not getting one of those uh, veteran day offs. And he said, look, I'm in the thick of it. I want to be an all pro this season. It's amazing how consistent he's been, but he's never had a Pro Bowl, never had double-digit sacks in his career. And he's just like, I'm ready to get after it. I want to win this season, and this is the time to get things right. So maybe he said, maybe next week I'll take one of those days off. But no, I think you covered everything quite well there on the, uh, the depth chart slash injury front, Fran. All right, well, let's, uh, let's then hear. What, what, did you, what were some of the takeaways for you from Jim Schwartz, who spoke uh, first thing this morning? Both he and Brandon Graham were asked about Derek Barnett and his ankle injury that has him listed as week to week. And the big takeaway from both of them is that this is just a minor setback for Derek and that he is primed to have a big year, an outstanding year. We heard Matt Burke talk about how honed in he is on technique and asking great questions during the virtual meetings and the in-person meetings they're now able to have at the facility. It's such a physical position. Jim Schwartz said that Defensive linemen are the only ones who are guaranteed to have contact on each and every play. You know, you can have a guard in pass protection along the offensive line, stand there but not have any work to do. He said ends and tackles are going to take a beating on every play. It's not his size. It's not a durability question. They, they love his toughness and what he brings to the team, and they think that he's primed for big things here in 2020. Schwartz also discussed the challenges of getting the vets prepared while at the same time it's the balancing act of teaching the rookies and evaluating the guys who you're going to try to keep on the 53-man roster at the end of this training camp session. What's interesting is he also touched on which positions are the most difficult to learn. And he said that linebacker and safety are the two hardest to learn on defense, but you look at this defense that the Eagles currently have constructed and you have a couple of key players, key draft picks, and Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley coming in as rookies. You have Kayvon Wallace, a key draft pick there in the secondary. You have some new faces there at safety. Jalen Mills, even though he's been in the defense, is transitioning to safety. Will Parks coming over from the Denver Broncos. So it's that balancing act where these guys are going to be counted upon at some point during the season that you got to find to get them ready. And the last takeaway I had from Schwartz about defensive end depth and bringing back Vinnie Curry, it's not going to hinder. This is a big thing because the Eagles have invested a lot in bringing guys like Sharif Miller and trading for Jannard Avery, and they have Joe Osman and, and Casey Tuhill they use a late-round pick on, that Jim Schwartz doesn't believe that Vinnie Curry coming back will hinder the development of these young defensive ends, and, and I'll throw Josh Sweat in the mix as well there. To your second point, uh, I think typically it's viewed as like the closer you get to the football, you know, from if you're looking at the width of the field from sideline to sideline, the closer you get to the ball, the more mentally taxing it is uh, on young players. So you're talking safety, linebacker, center, quarterback, right? If you go right up the middle on both sides of the football, those are the positions that require the most in terms of mental processing and being able to have a full understanding of everything you're doing on both offense and defense. So to Jim Schwartz's point, linebackers, safeties, typically take a little bit extra time coming along. That being said, talking about like the rookie class, 
I think we've seen some really interesting things from the rookies, uh, really from top bottom over the course of the first couple of days of practice. And, uh, you know, guys have made plays today. Some guys made plays yesterday. Some good stuff so far. We'll, we'll hit on some of it uh, today. Real quick, guys, I'll just go into some of the action I saw from practice today. I was over at the O-line, D-line one-on-ones. And look, the sight line was great. It's not a crowded sideline right now. So I was like sitting there taking notes. Like I was, it was, it was perfect. And Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, very first rep. I'm like, oh man, like it's training camp. Like this is, this is it guys. I was just, I was really, really excited. I turned around like, I'm, I'm hoping like fist bump one of you guys. No, you guys aren't there. And like, I turned and it's like, all right, let's see how BG is going to attack this. He goes bull rush right up the gut uh, on Lane Johnson. Lane sits down, anchors, stands tall in the pocket. Stands firm, doesn't give up any pressure. So Lane, Lane Johnson gets the, the win on the very first rep. Next one, you got Fletcher Cox going one-on-one uh, against Nate Herbig. And Fletcher Cox did what you would expect he would do uh, against Nate Herbig, a young offensive lineman uh, still developing. He won very quickly. Nice combination of moves, was able to win quickly. Uh, Isaac Sayamalo came back. So, like, the offensive line and the defensive line just went kind of punch for punch right down from right to left in terms of who was getting the win. It was First it was Lane Johnson, then it was Fletcher Cox, then it was Sayamalu. Hassan Ridgeway uh, had some really nice wins from start to finish. I think he had three or four reps in the drill, and he won every single one of them. He was really impressive and got, you know, with, with expansive reps here today with Malik Jackson on the sideline, he looked really good. Hassan Ridgeway, not just in one-on-ones, but also in team drills, made a number of plays as well. I thought Ridgeway looked really good. But no one got the group excited as a whole as much as Andre Dillard and his rep against Josh Sweat. Really? Uh, yeah, so, so Sweat, uh, you know, we remember last year, right? I mean, Andre Dillard, his rookie year in training camp, Vinnie Curry, Josh Sweat, they both gave Andre Dillard issues with the bull rush, right? With those long arm rules to get inside his pads and drive him backwards. He had some issues there. Very first rep. I kind of thought, all right, listen, let's see. Josh Sweat's probably going to try and win with some power here. And he goes with the long arm move. Andre Dillard sits down, drops his weight, holds up the, against the bull rush, and the whole offensive line, you know, like they, they all get excited. Uh, even walking back over to where the rest of the media was after that drill, a couple of the media members asked, like, hey, like, who was it that got everybody excited over there? Or, oh, who did Andre Dillard go up against on that rep? Because they could hear everybody getting excited. Jason Kelsey was on the sideline, was coaching him up afterwards. So that was really, really cool to see. And, and Ben, I know uh, that was something that we were excited to watch with Andre Dillard was – how far along has he come physically? You know, obviously needed to get stronger coming into year two. So it seems that he's there, he's been able to kind of come up on that end. Yeah, and it's just really funny to kind of see how uh, each of the veterans want to test some of the other players, like Brandon Graham going right at Lane with the bull rush, really testing that new core strength that Lane's been showing off, or, you know, Josh Sweat testing Andre Dillard right off the bat, knowing that that anchor has always been a little bit of the crutch, a little bit of the Achilles heel with Andre Dillard going right for it and getting everybody excited when he just absolutely shut the door on him there. But the vibe of training camp this year – I just think it's so much more exciting than the past couple summers. There's so many more opportunities for young guys to slide in. It's a bit of a changing of the guard with some leaders on their way out, and especially some captains, you know, whether it was Nigel Bradham or Malcolm Jenkins. And to see all the young players step in. I know last year Andre Dillard was, you know, the first-round pick, but the expectations, he wasn't going to be a starter. And Miles Sanders was kind of caught in a crowded backfield with Jordan Howard and Josh Adams and Smallwood and all these other bodies back there. You just see the young guys getting more opportunities, and you see the kind of 
holes and opportunities for guys to step in, whether it's a, you know, a Sean Bradley or the undrafted free agent last year, TJ Edwards looking great at that middle linebacker spot, potentially could be a starter this year. And just really exciting young talent with true opportunities to see the field. Yeah, I thought that it was, to me, that's a really intriguing theme just to kind of follow over the next couple of days. The Eagles need to continue. You know, Howie Roseman talked about that this offseason. They need to continue to get younger. And so watching these young guys develop right in front of us is a lot of fun to be able to see. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch over the next couple of weeks for sure. Guys, I'll just kind of go through some of my notes, and you can find my full practice notes uh, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com along with Dave Spadaro. We watch practice and kind of put our, some of our big takeaways uh, into print form, so make sure you go check that out over on PhiladelphiaEagles.com or the Eagles mobile app. One of the big things, we saw the connection between Carson Wentz and Dallas Goddard yesterday with that one-handed touchdown. Opening session today, first team period, Carson Wentz hooks up with Zach Ertz down the field. Deep crossing route, perfect throw, great catch by Zach Ertz as well. Avante Maddox was flashing right across his vision, so he had to really concentrate and bring in the throw. Went for a big play and a touchdown. Just a great throw and catch uh, just to kind of start things off and get people juiced up early on in the session. It was good to see. So I one feel thing like- I want to note from that was that Avante Maddox after practice said – if it were anyone else, oh, he would have laid him out. Six, he would have oh yeah, he would laid him out. Okay, <laughs> he he basically was like, look, I looked over, I saw eight six, and I said, he's too important. It's a good team. That's a to great teammate. Team. I can't, I can't, can't do it. So uh, it it was funny to see that real, recognized, real, so to speak. There, sorry, there, Ben. No, absolutely. But I just love seeing the foundation, the staple of the Eagles offense and the horizontal passing game. You see every session of practice, every quarter of NFL games, whether it's the mesh on the shallow crosses, the tight ends on the intermediate crosses, the dagger concepts, stretching the field horizontally, as well as those vertical shot plays, the absolute bread and butter of this Eagles offense. And you see it to these tight ends time and time again in practice, like Fran just described. Yeah, and the tight ends were just really, really active today. And, they, you know, we didn't see, like, huge, huge plays to Dallas Goddard, like, down the field like we did yesterday. But we saw plenty of action for him in the short and intermediate area. And I think, that, again, Ben, that speaks to your point, just uh, the way that they're able to use those guys to stretch the defense horizontally, create those mismatches in space uh, against linebackers and safeties. I think it's going to be a pre- continue to be a prevalent part of this offense, especially when you factor in the added speed, the, the shot in the arm they get from Jalen Rager and from Deshaun Jackson's return from injury as well. So, uh, no, I, I think that's a great, great point. The other big play from that session was a play by a rookie. Uh, Kayvon Wallace gets his first big play of training camp, diving interception. Now, it does come with a little bit of an asterisk because it was a throw from Jalen Hurts to John Hightower. Hightower seemed to kind of stumble out of the break. I wasn't sure if he could have just kind of got tripped up or what, but he kind of fell down at the top of the break. So the ball goes past the receiver. Still a great play by Wallace, though, in that he had to dive and make the play. Whole defense got psyched up on that side. That side of the field was going nuts. It was really funny because he made the interception kind of diving from left to right. So you think, all right, he gets up and starts running down the right sideline. That's where the whole defense was. He gets up and kind of reverses field and goes back the other way, and all the guys on the other side were all kind of ragging on him about it. But big play, great to see him come up with the interception. And again, kind of speaking to your point, Ben, kind of seeing these young guys try to make some plays. We saw that a lot today uh, and really yesterday as well. But just seeing uh, Kayvon Wallace come up with a big play, uh, certainly good to see. 
I mean, rookie quarterback, rookie receiver, rookie in coverage. I just feel like it's just so exciting to see all these young talents out there competing, especially against each other, and really just seeing what they can bring to the NFL field and all trying to make the most of their opportunities. And sometimes it's at the expense of another rookie. But I promise you, they each kind of take their licks throughout the full session. I would say, uh, just kind of literally like going through my notes as we're talking, guys. Like, And I know I mentioned it earlier when I talked about the O-line, D-line, one-on-ones. I really feel that Hassan Ridgeway, if I had to give out like a game ball, you know, for a day worth of practice, maybe we'll make that a segment every day on the show or something. Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like Ridgeway might get mine today. If I, had to, if I had to give out like two or three, he certainly would get it today. I don't know if he'd get like the one, but he had a really good day of practice. Like he was active in team periods. I saw him uh, right at, you know, first to the ball and a couple of run periods. He forced a couple of quick throws from Carson Wentz, one for sure, uh, late down in the red zone, forced Wentz to throw the ball away. You know, in the one-on-ones, I mentioned the success he had there. So uh, that was good to be able to see. And I think it kind of speaks to the depth in that defensive line and certainly in that defensive tackle group. I mean, Javon Hargrave uh, out multiple weeks with his upper body injury. Malik Jackson on the sideline today with a scheduled day off. So, all right, well, you expect with the, the now your fourth defensive tackle stepping in next to Fletcher Cox, maybe there's a little bit of drop-off there. But to see Ridgeway come in and be as effective as he was, remember, before the injury last year, Ben, I, we studied him every single game. We were pretty impressed with Hassan Ridgeway. He had some good film uh, out there. I thought he did some really good things last year in limited reps with the Eagles defense. Yeah, and he had to kind of step in in a uh, more involved role early on with the injury to Blink Jackson in week one. So you know the depth is going to be tested. I'm sure it's being preached in that defensive line room. Hey, if your name is three or four on the depth chart, you better be ready to go. At any point, you might get called in with the ones next day in practice and have to go face a Jason Kelsey or, you know, a starting guard there. And it could come down to an injury, injury. We already have Javon Hargrave on the shelf for a couple weeks. There's going to be some depth tested, and guys like Hassan Ridgeway only appeared in seven games last year before the injury actually started three of those games. was a very important piece. May not ever be the starter on the group on paper, but a guy that will play a lot of snaps and will be needed through 2020. I know we talk about Fletcher Cox, but one thing I don't think has been discussed with him is the fact that he's healthy coming into this. Now, obviously, he's the linchpin here, okay? You want the depth. You want Hargrave to get back when he can. You want Malik Jackson, hopefully, to play more than one game. You know, Ridgeway, Rush, these guys can help be contributors. That's awesome. It's great for the depth of the team. But you need Fletcher Cox to be the guy. I think we all forget that last year at this time, Fletcher Cox wasn't practicing. You know, he had the offseason surgery, the toe surgery, didn't get the team reps, didn't get that bonding time with Malik Jackson and was thrown out there in week one and sort of took him some time to round into form. And he still was very productive, still earned Pro Bowl honors and all that. Remember what he looked like in that playoff game against Seattle? Like, yeah. I mean, he was he was a monster in that game. Just, well, just, Fran, who do you take out to the woodshed today? Who do you take to the woodshed? You know he's baptizing some rookie offensive lineman out there. Who do you get the better of today? Because you know he's the litmus test. He got a, He had a couple. It was uh, He got Nate Herbig once, and he got Julian Good-Jones, I think, on the other one, and it was – it wasn't good, but I think I heard uh, some buzz about him against Jack Driscoll in a snap he as did, well. Yes, he did. Yes, he overwhelmed Jack Driscoll for sure. That's a good call. Yeah, I think it's always uh, fun to kind of uh, see those young offensive linemen with their first taste of real NFL elite all pro power. And usually you don't know what it feels like until you feel it. And it's always funny to kind of see those uh, those moments from the young kids. Well, you know what's great too is like, uh, you know, thinking back to Fletcher Cox over the course of his career, he has always just been like a brute force pass rusher, like just wins with raw power, raw explosiveness. 
And even like, I, I remember like even just talking to him like early in his career, like year three, year four, and saying like, all right, you know, you're Fletch. Like, what's your favorite pass rush move? And he'll say like, oh, you know, like I like winning with a double hand swipe, but I'll, I just want to run through people. I just want to run by you. And just seeing him now, like today, that first rush move that he went through, he tried to win high side with like a rip move. That wasn't working. So then he converted into long arm. You know what I mean? Like, so just seeing his ability <laughs> to kind of string multiple pass rush moves together just kind of speaks to his development. And it's almost like what we talked about last year with Deshaun Jackson, whereas Deshaun, like he won with speed, 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 could run by everybody, could track any ball, you know, down the field, you know, wherever you put it, he was going to go find it. He just had those natural abilities. But as you get older, and further into your career, you have to have answers for when your body starts to, you know, you start to level out a little bit. And so I think when you look at Fletcher, he hasn't reached that point yet physically where it's starting to go on the downturn, but preparing for that, I think is going to allow him to extend his career and continue playing at a high level. You're not going to just win with raw power over and over and over in year eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. That's, that's not the reality, but showing now, yeah, I can win with multiple different pass rush moves. And if you can block me this way, now I'm going to attack you this way. Uh, I think is a, a really cool thing to be able to see. What are we now? He was drafted in 2012. So we're in, yeah. in year nine of his career, which is crazy. But I think it's a, a really cool thing just to kind of take away from a couple of reps and practice today. And a big reason why we love those battles with Fletch and Brandon Brooks, because Fletch loves the bull rush and Brandon Brooks says, Come hit me with the bull rush because that's what I want because I'm big and burly and can really anchor that down. So it's really funny to see those two styles kind of come to a head and just see the pure strength of all pro right guard, all pro defensive tackle battle. Really hope to see uh, Brandon Brooks healthy and back out there soon. Yeah. So real quickly saying, I guess on the defensive side, I thought the defense had a really good day today overall. Uh, I thought the offense kind of had the day yesterday, and the defense kind of bounced back. Dave Spadaro wrote about how they really owned the red zone and the goal line portion of the practice, and I thought that was absolutely true. Outside of a play here and there, uh, the defense really held their own down there inside the 20-yard line. And then the final play of practice, Carson Wentz hit the rookie John Hightower for a big fade down the field, but that was after some really impressive plays by the secondary. Uh, Strat, Craven LeBlanc had uh, a diving pass breakup over the middle of the field. That was a really big-time play. And then I believe it was the very next snap. And I'm watching Jalen Mills and Craven kind of talk things through. Uh, you know, they were trying to talk through assignments. I don't know if they were, like, making an in-and-out call. Obviously, watching on the sideline, you don't get a sense to, like, process everything uh, that quickly. But you, I was watching them kind of talk things through. Ball snapped. Carson Wentz drops back with the ball. Jalen Mills patrolling the middle of the field, jumps the route intended for, for Zach Ertz, takes it back the other way and takes it back to the house. And I'm standing there in the end zone. Jalen Mills looks right over the media. He says, this is what I do. And he flicked the ball over. So, like, that's Jalen Mills, right? We talked about that yesterday. Like, he made that tackle for loss early on. And, you know, he's bouncing around, getting his teammates hyped. That's the, the energy that he brings to the defense. And so uh, seeing him make another big play, second day in a row, Jalen Mills just looks really comfortable at the safety spot. And uh, guys, real quickly, I think the last player that I'd want to hit on, and I'll, I'll kind of open it up to you guys at the very end, if you have any other, like, other topics or questions that you had, Jalen Hurts really involved down in the red zone area, uh, got a lot of reps in the, in the red zone session, not as a running back, not as a receiver, not as a wildcat, not gadget stuff. But just, hey, like, he's a quarterback. Let's let him work. And, look, whenever you see a young quarterback, uh, you know, Doug Peterson, this coaching staff, they like to do this. Is Okay, if he's 
uh, the number three guy. Let's give him reps with the twos in one session, one period of practice, and uh, let him prove his worth. I thought Jalen made some nice plays with his legs. He ran in for a couple of touchdowns, made a nice throw to Josh Perkins for a touchdown on the move. So uh, we saw some good things. We saw some good things yesterday, some nice throws from Jalen Hurts, one in the red zone, one outside the numbers on a deep ball. And it was good to see him make some plays uh, inside the 20-yard line today, continuing that playmaking ability for what we've seen so far in two days of practice. It was good to see. Now, Fran, how about Quez Watkins? I'm surprised we haven't gotten to him, but Spuds wrote about him in the practice notes that he was the rookie receiver of the day, so to speak, after Jalen Rager flashed yesterday. Hightowers had some nice plays, but – Spuds came away really impressed with Quez Watkins, what he's been able to do. I wasn't sure if he's – because he was with the receiver DB one-on-ones when, um, when uh, the O-line D-line was going on. So I, I didn't, wasn't able to see that. But I'll tell you what, man. Like, Quez Watkins, he, he seems like he was getting a lot of work with the ones yesterday, uh, got more work with the first team today, uh, obviously with Deshaun Jackson out. It seems like he's the guy that is kind of that next man up off the bench. You know, when you talk about those top three guys, and obviously, look, no Alshon Jeffrey yet, no J.J. Ortega-Whiteside yet, not sure where those guys are in the pecking order. But with the guys that are on the field right now, it feels like Deshaun Jackson, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, and then it feels like it's Quez Watkins, and it's still very early, but really explosive kid, just like really springy. Ben, who was the kid that the Packers took in like the fourth round out of Missouri a couple years ago? Jamon Moore. Moore. He reminds me of Jamon Moore. It's a weird thing for you to say. But, like, he's just a really springy athlete. I, to me, he might be the most explosive athlete on the team right now in terms of his, like, he has got wheels, man. Like, this kid moves at a different speed, and he's not a small guy either. Like, he's, he's over six foot one. He'll go up and attack the football. He's actually going to be my topic this week on my rookie film room piece on the Eagles YouTube page. So I'm going to stay tuned for that. Uh, on Thursday. This kid can go up and attack the football. He's a leaper, but an explosive, explosive athlete. You work underneath. You can work him vertically. I'm excited about this kid. I'm hoping to see even more in, in terms of his sample size. Caught a couple touchdowns that we talked about yesterday uh, down in the red zone as well. Yeah, the two comps I had written for him were Darius Slayton, who carved out a nice vertical yeah. role for the Giants coming out of uh, Ole Miss, I believe. And then Travis Benjamin, who has uh, really carved out that vertical role in the NFL for a couple teams. I could see that you one. Know, I like that. A little bit of an undersized speedster. Quez Watkins had nine catches of 40-plus yards last year for Southern Miss, but the vibe of the whole Eagles perimeter just feels different this year. There's obviously an influx of speed with John Hightower, Quez Watkins, you know, Deshaun Jackson out there, but the back end of the roster. Last year, we were watching Carlton Agadosi and Mac Hollins and Charles Johnson. The profile of the receivers was just different. And it feels so much faster, looser, slipperier this year. And I don't really know why that is. But obviously, there's a little bit smaller size guys with more elite speed, more vertical presence. And it's just really fun to watch these guys run down the field, especially against vets like Darius Slay, you know, maybe getting the legs fresh with some some youth and uh, some speed at receiver there to have to mirror. Just a really fun receiver group. I feel like the confidence is much higher this year, and they just look so much faster out there outside the numbers. I think it's just a profile thing. I think they realized – how much the offense struggled to manufacture points last season and said, speed wins. you got to have explosive plays in the NFL, and you have a quarterback who can make those big-time throws. Let's give him the tools, whether it's a first-round pick in Jalen Rager, who I just want to bring up real quick because he spoke to the media, and he talked about – Brian, I know you know this on the podcast yesterday, how Rager went off on the side with Wentz and Ertz mm, yep. when they weren't on the field. Rager was saying that, that Carson's telling him – 
hey, I see a little bit of this receiver in you in the way you do this. I see a little bit of this receiver, uh, that receiver, like kind of like throwing some comparisons to guys around the league saying that he sees the ability and really wants to bring the best out of them. And Jalen's like, I can't let this guy down. It's like he's like inspired. And, and Rager seems to be a pretty mature kid for his age in terms of he had a dad who played a long time in the NFL. He understands the business. He knows what it's going to take to succeed at this level. But even on top of that, he just seems like he's coming in here and like, I'm trying to improve a little bit every day, but if I have a quarterback who seems to believe this much in me this early, I don't want to let this guy down. I want to grow with him and help both of us reach our potential. And Fran, with Deshaun Jackson out today, what was the pecking order looking like with the receivers moved around? We talked about yesterday to not you know harp too much on their alignment, that they're interchangeable. And I think today spoke exactly to that, seeing where Greg Ward and Rieger, even guys like Deontay Burnett lined up. Yeah, it seemed like, we saw Burnett slide into the slot. Ward see more reps at X. I was trying to keep track, like, kind of on the fly while still, like, writing notes down. It seemed like Rager played a little bit more at Z. Again, guys are moving movable chess pieces. And Robert Davis saw reps uh, up with the ones today as well. You know, he was a big kid who can run. So, uh, you know, Quez Watkins moved around. John Hightower got reps with the ones. And being so- tough to track is kind of the point. You know, they're exactly on every right. snap, they're in a different spot. And yep. I know the coaches love to test them as well in the summer. Yeah. That, hey, you've been in your nose in the playbook at that Z spot. Well, tomorrow at practice, you're playing F. You yep. better have them all down. And I think I just love the kind of cross-training multiple positions, even within the same position room, is just a great thing that the Eagles staff has done for a number of years. I am excited to see where J.J. Ortega-Whiteside kind of fits into the pecking order and where he gets most of his reps once he returns to the practice field, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later once he returns. And there's still a place for, you know, Ortega-Whiteside and Alshon Jeffrey and a good size receiver. And I think fitting all the different styles and profiles is part of filling out your receiver room. So no knock to them, but clearly an influx of speed uh, on the outside. Anybody else that you guys uh, want to hit on here before we uh, close it up shop for the day? No, I think the other guy I just wanted to mention was TJ Edwards, who yeah. I, he was my vote to make the team last year as an undrafted, and he just looks more comfortable. Not a guy that's ever going to wow you with his play speed or athleticism, but so instinctive. And I think we saw that today. You had mentioned a play where he sniffed out a screen. I think that's just a TJ Edwards play to a T of just the football IQ, being in the right spots, and taking the proper angles to the football will make up for that 4.8 speed or whatever he ran at the combine because he has more than enough instincts to get the job done. He spoke yesterday and just talked about core strength and flexibility, two things that he wanted to hammer home. He said, the mental side I'm good with. No, yep. no question. You know, I, I mean, that's a strength of mine is what he said. I, I'm not worried about, about the mental side. It's, you know, can I improve my athleticism, my – physical traits and those are the two things that he harped on on trying to focus on improving going to year two but what I loved is that he even though he's on the precipice of winning a starting job potentially for the Eagles he's humble enough to say I just gotta make the team let me make the team earn the trust of my teammates and coaches and everything else will take care of itself from there you usually see that kind of edge from uh, former undrafted free agents uh, certainly uh, first few years about entering the league well uh, guys Great stuff, as always. We'll, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Eagles practice once again tomorrow on Wednesday from the Novacare Complex. We'll be breaking it down uh, right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. 
Great stuff from Ben and Chris. You can follow on Twitter just like I do at Ben Fennel underscore NFL and at CMAC Eagles. And while you're at it, I'm at Eagles XOs. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That's one way to support the show, but the other is to go on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating and leave us a comment. Look, we are on the precipice of the start of the 2020 season. If you have a question about this Eagles team moving into the fall now's the time go on leave a question right on our Apple podcast page if you leave a question we will answer it right here on the show you'll be first in line we haven't had a review here in a few episodes would love if you would jump up to the front of the line just jump on Apple podcast stitcher leave us that rating leave us that comment we will hit you up right here on the very next episode of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast all that being said thanks so much to Chris to Ben and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com that does include Dave Spadaro's Eagles Insider Podcast. I know today, as we record this Tuesday, he just dropped an episode, an exclusive one-on-one interview with Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. You do not want to miss that. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky Podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Duffy House, I am Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.